0: Hey, spoilers for White Lotus.
1: Yeah, there's a show on HBO called White Lotus, and that's what this entire episode's about, and we will be spoiling it. And in the show, there is like a single person who dies, and it's a murder mystery, and you don't want to know the ending. Right, and if you don't want to know who
0: that is, then don't listen to this show. How Star Wars is it?
1: The summertime is winding down, and we're entering fall. So this week, we're going to talk about what might be the last must-see summer TV event series.
0: Beautiful locations, intriguing and disgusting characters, and a nice mix of comedy and drama. That's right, this week we're talking The White Lotus. Whoa, hello there, Hi. Mike. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Josiah. Um, That's right. Your name's Josiah? Mine, Mike. And your Mike. name's Mike. And this name of the show, the name of this show is How Star Wars this Is It. This name of the show. This name of this show is How Star Wars Is It. And we are the only podcast. That's right. Uh, and
1: on this, the only podcast, we are going to ultimately, eventually, in our lifetimes, um, yeah. review everything. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Siskel and Ebert come to mind. Uh, yeah, we'll review them. Jerry Saltz, the art critic, uh, we'll review him. Or yeah, right. No, what I'm saying, I'm t- I'm talking about different critics who review things. Oh, I
0: thought you were just talking about people at. Th- they are. Well, they will we'll, be reviewed though. We will
1: cover them, but they review things <laughs> in a small, finite window, like yeah, films. they're cowards. But we yeah. are going to set our sights on anything. Films are in uh-huh. there. But uh-huh. uh, but we could talk about food, like we have in the yeah. past couple weeks, or we could talk about TV shows or songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not trying to find out how good or bad those things are, we're not doing no. a value assessment, we are trying to find out how Star Wars everything is.
0: That's right, and so we take everything Star Wars, we mix it all up in a big pot of chili, we put that chili on a simmer, and that is a 10 out of 10. So everything yeah. Star Wars, books, movies, TV shows, all of it. All the we, canon. Well, for that matter, yes. all the non-canon. And all the <laughs> non-canon. We combine all that. That's a 10 out of 10. We compare everything to that. And this week, we're talking about a TV show. So it'll be maybe a little easier yes, than it is Yes, we really sometimes. lucked
1: out because we both watched this of our own volition. Oh, and a yes. lot of times, if it's a TV show or a movie... One of us has seen it and we have to convince the other one right. to watch to it so way. that we can talk about it.
0: Yeah, like that, that British one that Mike is like, you gotta watch oh, Hustle yeah, or Hustle. whatever it's called.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we both
0: independently of one another watched the HBO series, The White Lotus. Yes, we did. And so Mike, this is interesting, right? Because I've been reading a little bit about it. I've been reading mm-hmm. a little bit of the discourse. Interesting, I did not tapes. read a single
1: bit of it, but watched it for sure. Uh-huh,
0: it's a good, it's a good show. Uh, so, it's funny because we're two white guys talking about the White Lotus. Correct. Which is a show about white privilege written by a white man named Mike White. Um, so, yes. there's a lot of whiteness going on mm-hmm. in this episode. It takes but, place uh, at a
1: resort in Hawaii. For the, for the listeners, the sort of elevator yeah. pitch is the very first scene we see, we, we, know, we see a man and we know that someone has died and then yeah. we go back in time a week. So, like... We start meeting all these characters and we know that one of them will be dead by the end of it. But it's sort of like um, if you saw Big Little Lies, uh, we like the very first scene we see there is people being interviewed about a murder or about a death or whatever. And and it's unclear as to who it is the entire series or season until it's revealed. Um, It takes place, though, the sort of going back in time a week and playing out all the events. It takes place at a really fancy resort in Hawaii that mm-hmm. of course the, the clientele tend to be rich entitled white folks.
0: Yeah. And so like the, it is a comedy drama series, but there is like part of the interesting thing I think about it is like that lay on of the very beginning where you're like, well, someone's going to die. And so the whole time you're kind of like, how yeah. is it going to happen? Even what when is something is be?
1: nice and cheery, you have like a general unease.
0: Right. And they go, out of their way to make it feel that way Because of the cinematography Like they make these beautiful Hawaiian vistas look mm-hmm. kind of like Like they're always Sinister. beautiful but like The lighting is like off You know mm. the lighting is like greenish well, music, yellow The sort of like and the breathy music, yeah.
1: Like hummy like ah, ah,
0: ah. So that's part of the re- so One of the things I read about one of the things that's a little that can be Problematic quote unquote About this show is the music because the Creator has done Or the um Composer has done music before for like Black Mirror. He's like a big suspense, you know, kind of thriller kind of guy, and so he's sort of like misused and kind of like incorporated uh, indigenous Hawaiian oh, elements okay. to the music on purpose to make it kind of like uh, off-putting, but like not not in like the way that the instruments are normally used. And so like some people were like, it's kind of shitty that they're using this like local music to try to make you feel like oh there's something bad happening when it's like that's you know sort of a hmm. the when they oh, also right. don't like all the do, almost like hymns
1: that happen yes, that throughout too. but they're so, in so non in hawaiian yeah.
0: yeah it's like they take they take traditional sounding instruments and instrumentation of indigenous peoples and make that the scary music and then to offset the um Sort of weirdness. Well, to make things more weird, on some moments there is like traditional songs uh, that are being sung in mostly Hawaiian um, by like choirs and stuff. Uh, but I, I think, and Mike, this is just my take. Mm. I think it's that way on purpose. I, I can't say for sure that the composer you know I I think maybe the composer did bad by indigenous peoples by doing the the music in that way yeah yeah I will say it's effective I do think that you look
1: at um no I'm not trying to because I this is the first time hearing this but like look at any like movie trailer where it's just like some popular top 40 type song but it's being sung by like a single young girl in a like minor key like I get it I see what they're saying
0: well, so, so so before we get too granular into these things, because there's some more stuff I want to say about like the themes mm-hmm. in general. I think this is a fun show. Not a fun show. I think it's a good show. Mm-hmm. I think it's well, at the very least, it's well made. Yeah, I agree. The actors in this are great. Yeah. Everyone's doing a great I, job.
1: I said that at some point, like midway into the season, I was like, mother every performance is an A.
0: Yeah, everyone's doing really good. I can't think
1: of a show or a movie where I've watched and and there wasn't not that like acting ever like rubs me the wrong way or I ever think like oh that person's not doing well like very rarely does that take me out of a movie. I mean, you've heard us talk about Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith and how we think maybe Hayden Christensen is doing a good job. So like I'm not terribly sensitive to like quote unquote bad performances, but like everyone gets an A plus for their performance in this show. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I think the this is like an ensemble cast in a very big way because like there's not so much. I mean, I think you can maybe make the argument that the main characters are like the family. But even then, like there's not so much a main character as there is a bunch of different characters whose stories are interlapping Mm -hmm. um, and like just really solid performances all around, even like. Yeah
1: I even mean like if you a, were to argue there's a main character Just like in The Phantom Menace How it's like a little unclear as to who it is But I suppose yeah. the argument could be made That it is Qui-Gon I would say the main character in this is Armand The like yeah, Armand, manager, the hotel of manager of the resort Because he's yeah. the through line that everybody Is Interacts to. with. to yeah.
0: yeah even like so like even characters actors in this who are traditionally comedic like Jennifer Coolidge mm-hmm. is doing so good like she she makes that performance funny and also right. super tragic yeah she's we, playing this sort of
1: <laughs> we talked about like every couple episodes we'd be like is this a comedy show I don't yeah. know
0: <laughs> it well and I once again I think it does it on purpose yes, right like there is a, the tone of the show I think is very deliberate because like Steve Zahn is the dad of this family mm-hmm. who's a great comedic actor and like the and even the people in this who are traditionally more like not to not to say anything bad about alexandra daddario's talents but she's a beautiful woman mm-hmm. and she's well endowed and that is a lot of times what gives her like the role she plays play into that sure. and this role played into that but also she was a very good it gave like, her did like did a really personhood. good job like, yeah she she, she has, has more a to work with as opposed to just being like the guy that Woody Harrelson or the girl that Woody Harrelson has sex with in True Detective, you know, mm-hmm. like she has a little more to work with and like more right. meat on the bone of this part, and like you know, and
1: it, all that's Even fact, like Jennifer Coolidge, the, you know, like role all of them. She plays is even almost a commentary on that, like to some degree, because yeah. she is sort of she doesn't of like want to be a trophy, wife. a trophy wife, and she's trying to like fight that trap, and then ultimately we see she sort of succumbs to it, right.
0: And even like Sydney Sweeney, who's the blonde girl of the the two like Gen Z girls yes, who are yeah, the, absolutely brutal, the daughter brutal.
1: of of Connie Britton and Steve Zahn.
0: Yeah, even her like like she was in Euphoria with uh, Zendaya, and like I think she she's pretty young, but like could fall into like could possibly have fallen to the trap of like being cast because of her looks and because of her body. Mm-hmm. And it, it, even in this, in this, it's absolutely not that. And she's just like doing a really good job being this piece of shit, like Gen Z, right. like white girl who thinks she's not like, you know, white, I guess. But, um, really good ensemble. Yeah. Really good acting. Yeah. Very funny shit. Like Jennifer, every time Jennifer Coolidge is on screen and like talking, even though she's saying the most like, Depressing stuff It's nonstop funny Because of just who she is And how she delivers it Yeah,
1: and that's that's what this show does In a number of ways you, you, We, the audience, know someone is going to die So there's a yeah. general Attention uh, unease, And we, the audience, also know Jennifer Coolidge's work And Steve Zahn's work And it's right. sort of like I, I remember uh, back when I really listened to Mark Marin a lot He In his intro on the Will Ferrell episode He just talks about how like you can't even look at Will Ferrell without laughing. Like, he might just be saying something sincere, like, oh, yeah, Yeah. no, I have three boys or whatever. But, like, his face and his body of work come with him, you know? And the same is true about Jennifer Coolidge, for sure. But certainly about some of these other performers, too, that it's like okay, you are always funny, and the yeah. thing that you're doing right now is very sincere and very sad, so I'm not sure how to feel. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and, and yeah, it, it's, it's very well done. The acting in this is very well done. I think the writing is really good, the The combination of all these people. And like I also love how, what's his face, um, the guy who plays so it's Alexander Dario and the, the guy who plays yeah, her husband, Jake Lacey from Jake The Lacey. Office. So they are
1: the obvious child. Oh yeah,
0: I forgot he was in the end of The Office yeah, there. But yeah, yeah, so he's he's like playing the worst person, right? Oh my god, like, absolutely, I, I kept the most thinking irredeemable like, person.
1: Surely he's gonna drop this. <laughs> Which would be bad writing because you can't give a person like a single motivation and then have them waffle
0: on it. (laughs) Well, and Charlie kept being like, God, I hope it's him that dies. And then she kept remembering, Oh wait, he's he's the the only only one we we know doesn't. Right. Which Which I was like, that's why they did that. Yeah,
1: exactly. That was also very strategic. Like we're going to make you start to sort of empathize and even fall in love with some of these characters and
0: the Except only one who this is guy.
1: irredeemably awful is the one we know you know is alive.
0: Yeah, they were like, he's not, it's not him. Yeah. We know you want it to be him, yeah. but he's
1: still around. If you're keeping but track yeah, so, on your clue sheet, you can cross off Jake Lacey.
0: <laughs> so he's sort of irredeemable, rich, spoiled brat. He spends the entire series sort, um, sort of going against and making the, the resort manager Armand, who sort of the, uh, has been called the breakout star of this show because he's he,
1: undeniable, very,
0: incredibly funny, so incredibly good. charismatic, so good, um, sh- like all sorts of levels to this performance. And so the Jake Lacy's character, the spoiled rich guy, kind of just makes his life hell because yeah. like he gave him the wrong room to begin with, and that's his his whole thing the entire series is that, um, which leads to a tragic ending mm-hmm. for, spoilers for White Lotus. Uh-oh. <laughs> for... Did
1: we give a, Should we really quick right now do a clean slate of like... Uh,
0: yes. Hey, Spoilers for White Lotus. Yeah,
1: there's a show on HBO called White Lotus, and that's what this entire episode's about, and we will be spoiling it. And in the show, there is, like, a single person who dies, and it's a murder mystery, and you don't want to know the ending. Right, and if you, and you don't want to know who
0: that is, then don't listen to this show. All
1: right, cool. And um, that will go at the beginning of the show. That will go at the beginning, And if yes. for whatever reason you forget, it did at least still happen
0: now. <laughs> right, we had the good faith enough to record it. Um, anyways, at least a tragic ending for Armand, who is... Accidentally killed because mm-hmm. he um, hates this guy so much that he be- and all sorts of other things happen. But he goes into his hotel room, sneaks in, the guy stabs him with a knife because he thinks he's an intruder. because You know, because it's there's funny when that
1: happens too. Jake Lacey for the very first time in the entire show, says, "I'm sorry."
0: Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's so he's so caught off guard and like that's like what else do you say? It's like when you bump yeah. into someone even or like when someone bumps into yeah. you and you say sorry, like you don't know what to say and he accidentally stabbed him like right in the chest and then said, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. It's oh and who oh, we forgot to talk about Molly Shannon, who comes mm-hmm. in for two episodes, his plays his mom, she's incredible. But yeah, so it's just like this sort of the whole time you know that like Okay, so Mike, let's get into the big picture Are you ready? Yes This show is about whiteness
1: Yeah There are a number of people serving the rich white people Even Armand, who himself is also white But there's also, like, the native Hawaiians Mm -hmm. And there is Natasha Rothwell's character, the spa woman Who, like, Mm -hmm. basically (laughs) Anyone who is not, like, a bad person Ends up still kind of getting fucked or yeah. at least succumbing to... Like, we we sort of begin to empathize with Alexandra Daddario. Dadara Rachel. Yeah, yeah, Rachel. We, we empathize with her because she is sort of falling into this trophy wife trap and she wants to have her own life. But then, like, as the show goes on, it's like, oh, no, you're just a different type of white person complaining from yeah. a huge place of privilege.
0: <laughs> yes, and also she has, like, pretty privilege, which is a thing. Sure. It's also just, like, it's a legitimate thing to complain about. I remember but uh, when we, when we were when when Molly Shannon's talking to her character and like being like, oh, you're so pretty. You're the perfect bride. You're so beautiful. And like, she kind of realizes that she's the trophy wife, you know, and she's like, that's not what I want to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was talking with Charlie because when I was on a Herald team back in the day, there were two women on the team that would absolutely be considered very pretty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the other woman on the team were also pretty, but wouldn't necessarily be, like, uh, so so like one of the in women who was... a movie. Yes, and one of the women who was very pretty was also an actor as well as an improviser, and would be called in for commercials a lot just because of her looks. Because she had a good look on camera. And she was complaining about it one time during rehearsal. She was like, I really want to, like, book stuff that's not based on my looks. Like, I want to do stuff more for acting. Like, it's kind of tired to be called in for just being pretty. And I was like, I get why you're complaining. Right. It's a legitimate complaint, but... It is a thing that you should probably only complain about to other really pretty people mm-hmm. because the rest of us in this room who aren't as pretty as you are like, Fuck you, right. dude. You're getting jobs Yeah, in general, bl- no
1: matter what, like if it's an on-camera or like high-profile job, there is certainly like a floor to how like pretty you have to be right. to even be the like, Dorky girl, or the like, yes. best friend to the macho guy, or whatever. Like,
0: and so it's just like it was like, like Jonah Hill co-
1: comes to mind yeah. in like his early days. He was like chubby and Jewish, but like he has a really like baby face, like cute
0: features. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's like he's he's not uh, like very rarely do you see truly ugly people on screen, right? Or even people on screen that you would be like, they are not attractive at all. Mm-hmm. They're not ugly, but I'm just not. You know, and so there's that sense with, with Alexander Dario's character too where it's like you're complaining about being too pretty right. and like that that's the sucky thing that your husband only married because you you're too pretty so at a certain point we're like okay shut up but this show's about whiteness this show is about so here's my here's my take here's my big picture yeah, take yeah lay it on me I think that this show was written by a white man I think it is a a show about whiteness and white privilege and about the cages of the systems that we have in place not to get Two, you know, we only talk about five things and one of them is like, you know, capitalism and, and, you know, simulation, simulacra, (laughs) but when you're on Hawaii and and they address it a little bit, when you're on location, in Hawaii, Hawaii's stolen land, Mm -hmm. you know, all of America's stolen land, Mm -hmm. but Hawaii is like very recent and incredibly illegal, like overtaking of the land by the United States and turning it into a state and sort of like, you know, making it a tourist location. And they sort of give lip service to that a little bit. But when you're on Hawaii and most of the characters are white, uh, the a lot of the supporting cast in the background are people of color, are Hawaiian. Natasha Rothwell and Paula, the friend of the white right. family's daughter, are sort of the only two people of color that are part of the main cast. Um, and like the woman who is pregnant in the very beginning that we don't see ever again, all of these uh people are what we are seeing in this show is that the structures of capitalism colonialism imperialism etc are inescapable Mm. the only way you can get out of them is if you are already white and wealthy because there's only and even then If you are white and wealthy, you don't want to escape most of the time. Right. That's that's really
1: made clear by the like Connie Britton, Steve Zahn type characters. mm -hmm. The whole time they're like, But I mean what are you gonna do?
0: You know Yeah, we can't just give away our money. (laughs) But then but then also then they are a part of the system, but they are not happy. Right? Like Mm -hmm. they are not they do not have a good life. So they are it is still a thing where they are trapped but they are trapped in like a good way where they have all the positive parts of being trapped in the system right but it's, where it's they're never...
1: the, the system is impacting everybody for the worse no matter where you are yes. like like the fact that the the way the system is working is bad for everyone even for the people it is good for
0: yes like they are all trapped and the only person who can escape has a temporary happy ending and it's the white male son it, of the rich right. family who is able to run away and have a probably short-lived adventure yeah, right. because his parents are rich and they're going to go find right, him. The right? second the they only- land
1: in Southern California, wherever they're going to know he's not on the plane. And then someone's going to immediately book a flight
0: and go right back and yep. get him. Yeah. And they're going to find him like they know. And he told them like what the boat tour he was doing, where they were going. Right. So like, they're going to find him it's he's going to have too, to go because back. Because
1: his um, deliberate escape from the system as you're sort of, Posing it here, I, I I think is how I'm hearing you say it. Yes, was not system based. He doesn't have no. friends at home, and and started meeting these guys yes. and started hanging out with them. So even his um being trapped in the system, his quote unquote escape from it, um he's doing so almost act by accident. Yeah,
0: well, and he's also like the 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 the, the um comparison I'll use in the show is Paula, the friend of the. The girl in the white family, who she's brought on because on the trip because she's friends with Sidney Sweeney's character. They're both, like, college sophomores. They're reading hilarious. Yeah. The book, the book choice in this movie? It's really funny. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. They're reading Freud and Nietzsche in the beginning.
1: In the way that, They're, like, young college students, like, when they first come home for Thanksgiving after having been raised for 18 years a certain way, but all of a sudden they have thoughts. Like, yeah. it, it's... And, good you know like it's good to start thinking for yourself but like it is always like a cliche (laughs) well
0: and the book titles are so prominent too where it's like you're showing off that you're reading these things which is funny too because Jake Lacey the douchebag character is reading Blank by Malcolm Gladwell Mm -hmm. which is a hilarious choice because like it's, it's a great old. book. It's an in, it's an insightful book, but that book is like 15 years old. Yeah. And like, it re- is its
1: own version of like performative. Like if you're reading that at the yeah. beach, you like sort of want people to know that you're like reading a, a smart book, but it was a smart book 15 years ago. And also
0: and also like he like in the second to last episode, he's reading it while going to bed, and he's like 10 pages yeah, in. He, I he takes a died. long time and doesn't finish reading it. I was like he wasn't even It's just so funny. But anyway, the the comparison between the son who escapes and pa- Paula, the character who's, who's a woman of color, and she is sort of made un- incredibly uncomfortable because she develops a relationship with one of the native Hawaiians named Kai. And he tells her like, yeah, it s- sucks. Like our land got stolen and we have to perform for these people mm-hmm. as a job and it sucks. And so she really feels for him because she's, you know, she's 19. She's a woman of color. She's here with all these white people. She can absolutely sympathize with him. But so like, she tries to engineer an escape for him. Right. And she could, she had the option to escape. She could have just said, I'll stay, right? She could, but then she also said, I have school. I have friends, like I have to go back home. Right? So she, even though she is not white, she is still captured within this system of like, of, well, I'm already involved in all this stuff. And so the reason, and she gets Kai trapped even worse By convincing him to like commit a crime that he has been caught for, Mm -hmm. um, which that part was so stressful. But like the only reason, so like, yeah, once again, the only reason the the young white boy is able to get away is because he is not, he's sort of an antisocial loser. And so he's not enmeshed.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Like literally antisocial, meaning like apart from society.
0: (laughs) Right. Like he's not even getting in the arguments with his parents and his sister, like about society, really, because he's like essentially that's yes, right a loner. he's apart
1: from it but not like against it he's not yes. like specifically raging against it or even right. performatively raging against it he's just sort he, of like
0: this doesn't work for me he's pretty much he's pretty much just like neither for nor against anything right he's just existing and before he was just existing to play video games And then when he use, loses his video games he's like oh shit i really like the ocean and i really like canoeing but once again the only reason he's able to escape is because he was there in the first place. <laughs> because he was there in the first place, right? He's he is a rich white kid right. who's 16. And also, the only person who would think it's okay if I run away from my parents in this moment would be a 16-year-old white d- yes. boy. You know what totally. I mean? Because he's he if it was a girl, she would probably not do it cuz she would not feel safe. Mm-hmm. This kid is a ma- isn't a, a dude, so he's like, I'll be fine, right? Like the it's the confidence that white men that we carry of being like I'll be probably okay in any situation that I'm in they they like, also he, that's the sort only reason
1: are playing around a little with his uh general awareness like I know they sort of call attention yeah. to him sort of being on the spectrum and like yes that also kind un- of gets a little muddy like Right it's The only person if with his, that level of confidence to run away like might not be aware of what implications come with running away yes. to another which, state, you
0: know, which it's interesting because so it's unclear if he's actually autistic or or if his sister's, if his sister's just sister's bullying just mean. him or or if she thinks he actually is, and like her parents won't you know take him in to get a diagnosis sure. because of whatever. but so let's break it down right once again, we have a woman of color, Paula, who is unable to break free. We have a black woman, Natasha Rothwell's character, mm-hmm. who is trying to sort of woo Jennifer Coolidge in order to. But
1: even she wasn't trying to at the beginning. Jennifer Coolidge right. like dangles it in front of her, and then yes. ultimately like takes keeps it dangling it and takes it away.
0: Jennifer Coolidge is like, I could help you start your own business, and so she's trying her hardest to like win this white, this rich white woman over, so she can get out of the system that she's is trapped in. Mm-hmm. Paula and 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 Belinda Natasha Rothwell's character both are not able to break out of the structures that they find themselves in, for various reasons. Quinn, the son, possibly neurodivergent, mm-hmm. we, we've we've discussed that he is outside of systems, mm-hmm. the only one who's able to escape. Armand, but is, is outside gay.
1: of them because of his p-
0: place of privilege. <laughs> yes, exactly. Armand is gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the only characters that we know is gay. Also not part of this sort of like cis white patriarchy, um, despite the fact that he is white, also doesn't make it out and literally dies. Right. You know, p- part, partly because of his addiction. But so we have the, the, the characters of color, the nerd and the only queer characters are not able to make it out. And everyone who's everyone who's white and wealthy has a quote unquote happy ending. Right. Even though they're not actually happy. The only other thing... The other thing I'll say about um, An Rachel, ending in which they survive and can continue on life. <laughs> yes. And like Alexander Daddario's character, Rachel, she ends up deciding to stay with this guy even though she wants to get a divorce because she's afraid, essentially. And what's interesting is she's the only person... Who, that we, of this main cast who's white that is also not independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. So like she, she, we see her also not able to break out of the system yeah. because she's a white woman back who doesn't have money. So it. she's like, well, my life will be better if I stay with this guy who I hate because I'll be rich. Yep. So it's like this whole show is about how the systems of whiteness and like just, you know, colonialism are too powerful to break out of 99% of the time. Yep. Especially if you're working within the system and that's part of the problem is that most of these people are trying to work within the system to get out of the system Like that's why Natasha Rothwell can't break out is because she's trying to rely on a white woman That's why Paula can't break out is because she's traveling with these white people. That's why Kai isn't able to Or Paula and Kai's plan doesn't go well and he ends up getting fucked over in the long immediately is because they are trying to like steal back something mm-hmm. you know whatever steal something of, of value in order to try to take something back but this is once again you're you're in a white person's resort you're in their territory right. like they're, you're in their laws right. like you can't you
1: don't they have they weirdly in your land have home court advantage
0: yeah and so there's just like everyone and even Armand like he is uh he's white but he's gay and so even the, even he can't uh in a position of power well he's also can't. clearly an expatriate like he's from yeah. new zealand or australia and, and yeah uh, the actress from australia i think he's um i think he's australian and yeah. And, but yeah and he's doing this same thing where even though he has power he has no power over the incredibly right. rich people because that that's are his being a,
1: a service industry person
0: yeah so anyway that's my big picture take um right. That, that I think and the last thing I'll say I think it's doing all this on purpose oh like, of course yeah I, it I think...
1: absolutely is like case in point is that the the one character who, character who it seems was gonna kind of change their life especially given the first scene we see for the entire show is the hot trophy wife and yeah. we see at the end she does come back like yeah. that is that is such a clear indicator that all of these things are done very purposefully because it's like even even when like you find yourself with some amount of agency to sort of stand up to the situation you're in and try to change it you end up not doing it because x y or z
0: and i will say like i understand why there's criticisms about it especially from indigenous people especially from people of color because like this is a classic example of a show where like like one of the criticisms i read was like this didn't teach me anything new like we are i already knew all of this like i know that priv- white privilege is you know bad mm-hmm. and is a trap mm-hmm. And I understand that, and my argument would be: this is a show for white people. Yes, yes. That will hopefully trick them into thinking it's just a fun Hawaii comedy. Yeah. Why else drama? do you think
1: the characters are such almost not, again really well performed? But every character is in fact a caricature. Yeah. The Jake Lacey the imagine- character is too much all the time. Molly Shannon, the mom coming to the honeymoon, yeah. is too much, not terribly believable. Of course, again, they yeah. bring gravity and they do a good job making it believable, but the the um, the character motivations wouldn't be so like obvious and black and white if this weren't yeah. trying to say something that maybe people who don't have um, the lenses on for, like, Uh, uh, hearing the nuance of that conversation are able, you know, it's it's like why um, it's why the the fucking bad guys in kids shows are scary looking and why the good guys are you know nice looking.
0: And and, and I think that there's like, it's you know, that's kind of hold your hand a little. Yeah, and I don't think obviously like white people don't need more space in entertainment, (laughs) but I do I do think that this kind of show is interesting and that I wish maybe more shows that had a mostly all white cast. We're trying to speak a truth to... Yeah, right. Say what you you will about
1: the merit of the show, but friends never tried to do this.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Or even, like, stuff recently, you know? Fucking, I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know, the Big Bang Theory. Everyone on that show is white except for, like, one guy, you know? So, I think it's all on purpose. I think it is a show... Even, like, the music, like, the whole Hawaiian, like, um, classical or hymns, like, sung in Hawaiian is such a awful thing to hear when you're like but it but it fits the awful whiteness of the people you know and to an extent the like perversion of the i don't i i don't i don't know if i would give the um sort of composer this credit but the sort of perversion of the native sounds and native instruments it it all fits into this theme very well Mm -hmm. and so yeah i understand why people of color would uh indigenous peoples especially might would would not like this show but i do think it is on purpose and effective and it's sort of like critique of white privilege and the traps that it creates Mm-hmm. And it is definitely for white audiences because those are the those are the only audiences that don't already know yes, right. about that stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? it,
1: it it does a lot of the same things that Big Little Lies does. But Big, did you see that show?
0: No, I haven't. Because it takes but you're place want to watch in like,
1: oh, gosh, is it like Monterey? It takes place in somewhere like really rich and white in California, and everybody is the rich white mom and the. The like rich white suburbs But the end Full stop it's just sort of sh- right. it's, It um, It comments on sort of how awful They all are but it does have A little tinge of the Lifestyles of the rich and the famous type of show That's just yes. like lifestyle porn And it doesn't right. really do anything about What you're talking about here I think you're right I think this is for uh, Like again like like You said something being for white people <laughs> Is yeah. like an icky Way to say it but uh. It, it's it's for them because they're the ones who need to hear the messages of the show. Yes,
0: I I think that there is, uh, you know, it's a tricky thing to say to talk about since we're obviously both two white yeah, guys. Right. <laughs> but like there is like media that is because like there are a lot of white people who who haven't gotten the memo right yes. and who who missed out on Black Lives Matter last year and who don't know that Hawaii was stolen. or who didn't you know? miss
1: out but but firmly were against. Yes. common sense yes. on the right side of history
0: <laughs> right and so like I think shows like this are interesting because there's, there's sort of duality to it where it's like well is this necessary not to like most you know not to half the world or not or the country at least but then to the other half of the country it's like well some people could probably benefit from watching this yes. and hopefully picking up on the themes because hopefully they figure out by the end like why was I so like Uh, uneasy the whole time it's like well it's because like it was it's not good to have a bunch of white people sucking all the resources and stuff out of this island you know yeah anyway i talked way we talked way too long about that i'm sorry um one other thing
1: about this that i that really excites me especially like i mentioned big little lies a bunch of times already but uh this this Possible trend emerging in mystery storytelling is telling us up front that someone dies, but not telling yeah. us who or when or how or why. Because, um, it, uh, you know, a, a murder mystery, a kind of uh, a typical Agatha Christie model murder mystery where someone dies and then we have this cast yeah. of characters and they're all acting shifty, uh, those are all fun or, you know, that that has the makings for fun, but, um, people are all acting shifty because they're being accused of murder or because they're trying to keep a secret uh, that, you know, like there's always a person right off the bat who's like a a suspect because they're being shifty, but it turns out they were being shifty because they were trying to cover up an affair or something like that. The thing that's really cool about these shows is... We know there is a murder, but they don't yet because it hasn't happened to them yet. So they are left to be suspicious or not because of how they are as people. You know, like we start getting to know these characters and their dynamic and they are, in fact, what a perfect um, scenario and setting for them to be fully relaxed and themselves. They're on Mm -hmm. vacation. Uh, we get to see
0: who they are as people.
1: Exactly. Like, I loved that element. In fact, I remember, I may have even told the story on the show before, but um, like early on living here in Chicago and like being immersed in like comedy and like, you know, learning, you need to write for yourself and you need to write scripts and you need to, you know, whatever. Yeah. I remember thinking early on like, okay, well, what would be a good sitcom yes. thing? <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I have said this before.
0: Yes, but that, like, continue. it'd be
1: really smart to like, have a bunch of characters who all who were just forced to interact with each other. Like they couldn't ever leave one another. Like, how would you do that? Like maybe if you put them all on an Island and then I realized I was describing Gilligan's Island, yeah. basically the first ever yep. sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, yeah. but like one of the oldest sitcoms in the book. And I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. No, they really figured out the, the best way to like force seven people to always have conversations <laughs> with one another
0: yes no i i agree and i this like this does that
1: you know it puts everybody in yeah. this like state of ease and similarly they're all on an island no one can leave you know like we right. we uh we are left with everyone being a suspect and everyone being a suspect as to who is killed yes. because we know no
0: one can go anywhere well and there's also some red herrings introduced halfway through right. like molly shannon the mom comes through and you're like well, is she? Is it her? Right. And then, like, there's an older Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite uh-huh. uh, comes in, and he's like, sort of a romantic interest of Jennifer and Coolidge, he's, like, and he has the whole time. He's older. He has health problems. So we're like, is it just gonna be a natural death? Even Armand is like on so on much dr- on so much yeah. drugs. That you're like, oh, is he gonna overdose? We
1: see people learning to scuba dive. Like, there's I mean, no shortage yeah. of like that could pan out <laughs> there was even
0: a point where I was like is Rachel gonna kill herself is that what we're gonna find like right. that she instead of trying to make this because she's like f- for that whole last day is like having a panic attack the entire day and I'm so, so there's just like a lot of sort of red herrings where you're like what's gonna happen I, I and it's also like to talk about another recent great mystery it's like the knives out thing a little bit yes. too where it's like yeah it tells you who dies at the very beginning right and and makes it very specific like, and tells you, like, how it happens. A, and it's a subversion of the genre right, in the same right. way where it's like, well, we're, we're going to tell you exactly what happened. And then we'll have to figure out from there, like, you know, what to do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, is it Star Wars? No. Does Star Wars ever address whiteness? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it
1: sure is very
0: white. Um, mm-hmm.
1: One one thing, though, that sometimes Star Wars does do is a little expectation subversion, but it never does something like this where it flips a narrative structure like on its head. Like It's always yeah. very like the start of the movie is the earliest part in the story, and the end of the movie is the latest part in the story. Yes. You know? yes.
0: If Star Wars ever did a thing where it was like, we, we zoom in on this dead body at the very beginning, and then we cut to a week before, it'd right. be like, wait, what? This yeah. doesn't feel Star Wars. Yeah, right. Mu- effective music is Star Wars. Yeah, music um, I think
1: is, has some Star Wars points. There's here.
0: definitely some sneaking around. Let's do our due diligence. Oh, yes. Get some there Star Wars in before the break.
1: Around. Um, Not a
0: hero's journey. No,
1: and and uh, the 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 typical thing of like very clear battle lines are drawn between the good guys and the bad guys. I think there are certainly moments where that is true. Like obviously the Jake Lacey character is like. Truly the emperor the level of evil yeah. But as our Earlier whole uh, uh, Investigation of this show as like a, at, You know everything we just Talked about it it uh, It is It is certainly clear the point they're trying to make But they're indicting systems And society as opposed to like A mustache twirling bad guy Yes. Which yes, in fact sure. is more realistic of how Evil in fact works and how Like bad things happen it's not a mustache twirling bad guy and his mustache twirling sidekick
0: <laughs> yes exactly um so yeah i don't think it's a tv show it's well shot the acting is i think too good across the, the board to like be star wars 100 percent too good even like the best
1: star wars movie has clunky acting and now i can't even think of what that might be like what is what is the Star Wars movie or piece of media that has the best acting in it?
0: Oh man, that's a good question. I would say It's not the original trilogy. No, it's not the original trilogy because the acting isn't necessarily good. And it's, it's just certainly like, not
1: the prequels.
0: It's like effective across the board like right. I would say that like the acting in the original trilogy is effective, but not necessarily always good. Right. Um, it works for the story. Yeah, I mean, right. I guess like Harrison be...
1: Ford in Return of the Jedi may as well have literally been like on the phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also just making cartoon noises and like honking his nose in a clown. <laughs> um, I mean, is it Last Jedi, maybe? Yeah, maybe. It
1: That's might certainly be... Mark Hamill's best acting he's ever done. For
0: sure. For sure. But um, like, I don't know, like the, but then you have like fucking Benicia del Toro in there doing whatever the hell he's yeah, doing. Yeah, he's making so. a choice. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't wait, know.
1: Wait, wait. Is it The Rise of
0: Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> if we're saying the most consistent? Uh, yeah, no. Boy. No, definitely not. Is it well, um I,
1: is it Rogue One maybe?
0: It might be Rogue One, but Rogue One also I feel like is is kind of cheating cuz everyone's just like we're all going to die. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it there's might not be, a Star Wars movie that honestly, has, like, you know, this
1: I, level of, like, ensemble perfection in I terms might, of their I performance. I might push
0: back and say I think it would be original trilogy, probably, like, Empire Strikes Back. Because the characters, the actors have, like, found the footing a little more. still
1: in it. <laughs> right.
0: Like, all of them are good in that. Like, they've found sort of what they're doing, you know, a little yeah, more.
1: I, yeah, Mark Hamill is certainly better than he is in A New Hope. But he's also not, right. like, great
0: yeah, it's still not the level of like, wow, everyone in here is doing an A+, plus, but I think it right. is probably the Star Wars movie that has the most consistent yeah, across yeah, the board. Yeah, you're probably right. Everyone is doing like a good job at the acting, you know what yeah, I
1: mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. I don't know. F- the, the,
0: um, like a two? The first one, The Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens is fun.
1: It has like fairly universally good performances. But if
0: we're going to talk about Harrison Ford being on the phone...
1: I don't know. I feel like he was really having fun in that movie because he knew he got to be done.
0: <laughs> That's true. You're you're absolutely right. Let's should we go to the break? Yeah, I know let's do we've it. gone really long. I have no long. idea what
1: time we started this. Recording.
0: Yeah, we've gone really long for the first half. So let's go to the break. Well, hello, sweeties and listeners. We are popping in here to let you know about our new Patreon.
1: Woo-hoo! That's right. We just started a Patreon. It's called the House Star Wars: Is It Expanded Universe or Hsuu for short. For just $5 a month, you get a weekly bonus episode, plus a monthly commentary track for a different Star Wars film, and access to our exclusive Discord server, where you can chat with us and other listeners.
0: That's right, and if you want to be our best friend ever and want to be the best listener ever, you can also join the SweeU EU. Which is $10 a month, and you get everything that Mike just said. Plus, you'll get a personalized shout-out and a thank you on our regular main feed podcast, the one you're listening to right now.
1: And if either of those seem a little too steep for you, you can join us for $2 a month and just join us on the Discord channel, or for $1
0: a month because you just really like the show and want to throw us a bone once a month. So go to patreon.com slash it and join us in the sweet you. How
1: Star Wars! we're
0: back
1: and we're back uh i've got the game this week we're talking about the white lotus you're listening to how star wars is it this is mike and josiah um (laughs) and the game this week is a new game called i know that person (laughs) and it's the white lotus edition you ever watch a show or a movie where the cast is all famous and in other movies and tv shows Mm -hmm. and you say hey i know that person this game is that great I'm going to say a movie or a TV show, and you have to tell me what person from the White Lotus cast or crew is also in that. So for example, if instead this wasn't the White Lotus, it was about Star Wars, and i said batman the animated series you would say
0: mark hamill
1: yes and then the when joker. you say mark hamill you'd get hundreds of thousands of likes on twitter
0: yes exactly <laughs> have you
1: followed that whole thing yeah okay um <laughs> and, and i would also say you could say the joker or you could say luke skywalker or you could say that kid who's like the farmer who ends up learning how to use a
0: lightsaber right so don't i don't have to get their i don't have to get their name. exact name right, right, if right. i can know who it is okay great
1: and i'll give you a bonus oh nice job it if uh, you know like the character Name and if you know the character Name they play in the thing that I say
0: Alright well I'm, I'm gonna aim for a lot of Nice jobs yeah yeah yeah
1: um, And, and <laughs> there was maybe Only like one or two that I was like Like all of these are fairly easy If you um Did what we do when we watch a TV show and look up everybody. Look stuff up, yeah. (laughs) But there were one or two that I thought might be tricky, and I think you've already said one. So anyway, here we go. The first work of fiction is Legally Blonde. Oh, we're talking Jennifer Coolidge, baby, playing Paulette. Yes, Paulette. And uh, her name in White Lotus?
0: Uh, Is, oh, hold on. Uh, What's her fucking name in White Lotus? I'm trying to remember what Belinda says her name a couple times. I can't remember, damn. Tanya. Tanya, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: All right, this next one is American Vandal, one of my favorite oh. shows of all time.
0: Oh, who was in American Vandal in this? This is
1: the only one that I thought would be a little tricky after okay. I heard you pooch one of the other ones.
0: Now, maybe is it, I feel like it's gonna be one of the kids. Is it uh? Is it Quinn? Is it the boy? It's not Quinn. Okay, backup guess. Is it Paula, the girl, the not white girl?
1: It is not.
0: Oh, it is okay.
1: Lucas Gage, and in this show, his name is Dylan. He's the oh, like the yeah, like yeah, guy yeah, yeah, who works yeah. there who ends up like doing coke with Armand.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> or ketamine gotcha. or
1: whatever else. He in American Vandal is in the season you watch, season one. He's the guy who's like the shitty boyfriend to Gabby, who's the girl oh. that Sam has a crush on. Who they grew up together, you know. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. He he's the one who spray painted like prom on the um the white <laughs> towel and pushed pushed her in the fucking pool. <laughs> So uh, good. That's your rules. And it's funny. I was, I was writing this game today, and I was looking at all the different cast members, and it said American Vandal. I was like, wait. I knew I fucking recognized that kid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Next movie is School of Rock.
0: I know this because you told me. Yeah. M- Mike White, producer, writer of White Lotus. Yeah,
1: created also, White Lotus. writer of school of rock wrote school of rock played Ned
0: Schneebly the real Ned Schneebly
1: that is correct
0: what a good name for like a nerdy guy Schneebly good yeah uh
1: okay the next one is that thing you do which I still say we need to do a whole month dedicated to that on this show because just the soundtrack
0: alone is is a full episode to me (laughs) yeah I love that movie it's one of my favorite movies but that's gonna be Steve Zahn, yes. who is Lenny in that thing you do. That's right. And what's his character name in this? The last name is Mossbacker or Mossbacher. Think of just the
1: most like white man name and don't say Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Mike. Yeah, you're is close. It, I wanna say Marty. I don't know if that's right, but. you're If you combine those two answers. Marty and Mike? Uh-huh.
1: Mark. Yes.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> i did that i did that as like just like making a sound kind of not realizing that mark Mark a sound right i was like i didn't like when i said that i was like this isn't gonna be right the name mark right i was like this isn't a name and then i was like wait it it is a name (laughs)
1: um okay this is the one that i was like damn it he knows this one already uh napoleon dynamite
0: uncle rico the guy who is uh i think his name is greg in the show that's right
1: greg the guy who coughs and it's like, yeah, okay, and, and seduces, you're going to be the one who dies. And that's going to be disappointing. Very, we don't very, care about you that much.
0: Yeah, very clumsily sort of seduces Jennifer Coolidge and it yeah. works.
1: Um, okay, and this one I fucked up. The Office.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I did know this because I looked it up too. Uh-huh. Uh, What's-his-face who plays the shitty guy? Is it Jake Lacey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays the annoying. Also, his shirts are so terrible in this show, too. He's just really well done. Yes, every little detail they made about him. Like, (laughs) the the book Blink is so good. He's wearing, like, a towel shirt at one point Uh at breakfast. And, like, another point he's wearing, like, a skin-tight, like... Like there's like a vista of a beach on it. It's like long sleeved and blue. Like every single piece of that character is so easy to hate. Yeah, his fucking Cornell hat that he wears. Like you're just like mm-hmm. fuck this guy. He, uh,
1: his his general vibe. It it is almost. And again, it's how it's written. He brings good gravity to the character, but he's written so. Uh, assholey it always made me think in fact a lot of the faces he would do would make yeah. me think and this is really only just for you because the listeners don't necessarily know this person but Logan who I used to do improv with on JD Dinkleman okay, would play yeah. that character all the time just like yeah. argumentative entitled douchebag yeah <laughs> and I mean it. Uh, in fact I need to tell him that I need to ask if he watched the show and then tell him uh not him but the characters he plays yes, yes. that guy um Um, And then in the office, his name is Pete, aka New Jim.
0: New Jim, right? Um, He is also there. Is also a sense of this of that character with Rachel, his wife, newlyweds in this show, where that happens a lot in shows, which they wait until like the last episode or two to sort of explain it. Where the whole time you're like, "Well, why did they get together?" uh You know, and it's it's not until like the last because you're like they obviously aren't right for each other, and it's not until the very end. Where Rachel has this like long monologue where you're like, oh, okay. I understand yeah, now.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, best in show. Oh, Charlie would know this. Cause she said someone who, some, one of them who was in best in show. Oh, I fuck. I can't remember now. I mean, I want to say Jennifer Coolidge again. But- yeah,
1: it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I, was
0: I thought she was in that movie. Yeah.
1: She's in all those and she's always excellent. Um, Alright, this next one is the 2017 film Baywatch
0: That's going to be Alexandra Daddario That's
1: correct
0: Once again, being uh, cast for being a beautiful woman
1: That's right And neither name is terribly interesting or important Moving on, 8th grade The Bo Burnham joint
0: Oh Who's in that? I don't know I want to once again guess one of the kids Or maybe it's one of the parents I don't know Is it the mom? Is it Nicole it is not. Okay. Is it one of the kids? Is it Quinn? The it boys? Is. <laughs>
1: Yay. Yeah. And his name in that is Trevor. And I saw that movie when it was in theaters, but I do not remember who that is. But I just remember that all the kids were, in fact, actually eighth graders.
0: The right age. Yeah. 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 I wonder how he was supposed to be 16.
1: In this. And yeah, I think he may have been like 20 or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, next uh, title is the television show, Friday Night Lights.
0: Uh. Oh, it's the mom, Nicole. Yes. Right? Yeah.
1: Connie Britton.
0: Great. Oh, yeah, he's 21 now, the okay. kid. So that's like, that's not that bad. Um,
1: next is Survivor.
0: Uh, <laughs> you told me this too. I know. <laughs> uh, it's going to be Mike White again. That's right. It is also Mike
1: White. I could have also said the amazing race. And then uh, next one is Saturday Night Live.
0: Oh, I do know this. Natasha Rothwell wrote for them.
1: That's correct. And of course, Molly Shannon. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That one was a twofer. The more obvious one is the one I forgot to say. But
1: you're right. Natasha Rothwell wrote there for like, I think a year, like a season. Yeah, Um, but she's also in like lots of like hot hip shit right now. So
0: oh, she's in you know like she she did Insecure. She wrote for that. Mm -hmm. Like she's she's a black lady
1: sketch show. She was in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie apparently, which I didn't. Oh really?
0: I saw that. I don't remember her.
1: Um, And then one final bonus question That has nothing to do with this game It is a very quick version of the game That initially came to my mind this morning When I remembered I had to write a game Alex Blankter Blankleton But for the title White Lotus And here is your clue And for listeners Alex Blankter Blankleton Is a rhyming game Yes it is And this answer has to rhyme with White Lotus And it is This is what you'd call Dr. Jill Biden If she emitted light Light
0: floatus or or wait, you said emitted light, white bright floatus.
1: <laughs> yes, bright floatus is correct. Excellent. And excellent, that excellent. was uh, our mini interjection of Alex Blankter Blankleton, and of course the I know that person white lotus edition.
0: I, I was going to. You didn't even mention Sydney Sweeney, but I didn't. That's there okay. were a couple
1: people I didn't mention because I wanted to throw in a couple people a second time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. That was a good game. I felt good about it because I did a good job. Yeah, you did.
1: <laughs>
0: but also, it's because I did. Char- Charlie and I are both like that, where we will say, "Who's that?" We will literally say, "I know that person." Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. And then we are, we are the, we, we are the too. Google. I I saw this like video on TikTok or something semi recently where it was like someone was talking about they were like, "Oh, there are people who don't immediately look up everybody in the cast as soon as you're watching something," <laughs> right. and I was like, "Yeah." I are there because I have to like or, like if I'm watching a movie, it's like as soon as it's done, it's like, okay, who are all those people? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. right. Especially if I'm watching a TV show and I'm sitting at my house, absolutely.
1: Yeah, right. look it all up I, it out. I think another a sort of these are riddles version of how to play this game would say like, okay, now you think of the thing I'm thinking of when I name a different character from the you know like. Uh, right. Do you,
0: can you guess which property Can you guess property the thing that
1: immediately came to my mind when I saw yeah. the person Yeah, like, oh, which that's the that guy from The Office Right, <laughs> it'd be
0: easy to be like, well, if Steve's on, it's that thing you do Right You know, that would be easy And I probably would have said Even Legally he's Blonde he's
1: literally in, like, a hundred movies
0: Dude, he's in, I, I've never... I'm mad to see Steve Zahn and something Never He's truly a favorite of mine You know mine. who
1: else I'm never mad to see is Catherine Hahn And oh, Steve Zahn great. and Catherine Hahn Hahn and Zahn To play a married couple in the movie Captain Fantastic
0: With Viggo Mortensen Oh I want to see that It's a I good heard that movie was, Yeah I heard that was great And did you, you ever see
1: Obvious Child with Jenny Slate and Jake No Clancy?
0: I didn't because I meant to obviously when it came out It's
1: on something I think And I've seen it like Jenny something Slate like playing. three or four times I saw it in theaters when it first came out It's like 90 minutes long It's like Zombie yeah. Island status. level
0: of just a good in and out. It's it would be great. interesting. I never saw him in The Office either because I didn't watch the last, uh-huh. I only watched the first five seasons. Um, once recently, Charlie and I were in a conversation with someone else about uh, TV, and once again she, she debuted that the office has never opinion been that, that the, uh, everything in the office is always bad, none of it's good, and it makes me laugh every time. I'm like, that's just not true. You can't. I mean, you can say it. it's an opinion to have, but it just cracks me up every time.
1: It is definitely like, like a loud, funny opinion to have.
0: And I'm like, I understand like, obviously some stuff of it and it doesn't hold up, and I'm like, but also Charlie... My 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 dear beloved girlfriend, you you watched a lot of Thirty Rock, and you can say the exact same thing <laughs> yeah. for that show. So like, it's just every time she says it makes me laugh. But no, I didn't see him in The Office. So seeing him in a, as a character who's not like just the most raging douchebag, right?
1: Well, and he's charming in both of those things. In, yeah. in obvious Child and The Office.
0: It, this is like I the first I bet thing you I saw. Him everybody
1: in who got this script who ultimately ended up in the cast was like this is fucking great. Like I'm so excited oh. to play either against type or just like play a bit deeper of a character. Like this was like, just like the meatiest show from an yeah. acting point of view. And then they Even, all, like I said, they hit a fucking home run.
0: Yeah. Every single actor knocked out of the park. Even like Molly Shannon is yeah. doing a character that I don't think she does. Right. Like she gets to play rich mom who is? But
1: like, fun, like, she, like a lot of the sort of like rich mom types, or, or like a, a woman of a certain age types that she plays are are like sort of caricature-y. Like the thing yeah. that she does with Will Ferrell when they like do the Macy's Thanksgiving Day yeah. Parade or yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah. Like she's a character. Well, and there's there was even like a sense to her character in this where you sort of believe that she's being genuinely nice or like trying to be genuinely nice uh-huh. to Rachel, right? But that she's just kind of so. Removed from like normal people life, right? That it's like that that's, not, that's the form that being nice takes, right? She's not able to actually get there because she's you know No one said no to her for 20 years. And so like, <laughs> yeah. you know, she doesn't know how to be nice or whatever right. But yeah, she she's like she has a lot of like a fun with it and yeah literally everybody like yeah I feel like this is definitely an actors show so like shout out to Mike White He's apparently directed a lot of stuff recently and I kind of want to go back. That that tackles like similar things, mm. like a lot of stuff about like sort of the rich white society and what that looks like and everything. And I he's also a
1: credited writer on the Emoji movie.
0: <laughs> Good for him. Uh, he probably did some punch ups. You know how it goes. Good
1: works. Well, uh, he's he's like a written by credit. There are mm. a couple of different people listed, so it could be that in arbitration. He right. did so many punch ups that he got a credit, but I think he probably actually did a. It could draft be a. It could script.
0: be a Scott Ackerman Shark tale situation. Yeah, more additional
1: actually, dialogue by. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know how much of that he wrote, but I love that that's one of his like big credits.
1: He he, uh, from what I've gathered from all the many podcasts I listen to with Scott, he like wrote the script, but then it was such a, like, processed studio movie that sh- so did a bunch of other people. <laughs> sure, sure,
0: sure, 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 That makes sense. Um,
1: well, In let's the same see, let's... way that Colin Trevorrow or Trevorrow gets, right. like, a story by credit in... Or no, no, no. He gets, like, an executive producer credit or something like that in... Rise of Skywalker cuz i Man, think know? they probably scrapped enough of his story that they got away with like written by JJ J. Abrams and whoever they
0: we, we need to start writing movies because like I feel like yeah. That's, what's the worst
1: that could happen? We get a story by credit instead of yeah, written by credit. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like I don't care. I I have no skin in the game. Right. I'm not going to be like Sylvester Stallone walking into Hollywood and like you have to make Rocky and you have to cast me. I'm going to be like I'd like I don't know ten thousand dollars. Right. Like I, that's all I want. I don't know. Can you give me ten thousand? That's fine with me. Let's see. Let's let's aim. Let's let's start heading towards wrapping up we I talked like a lot about
1: see, okay trevor trevoro trevoro does have a story by credit but not a screenplay by chris terrio and jj abrams
0: right have a we made it up as we went on credit
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> have a we we didn't really try we forgot what happened in the other two movies and we just kind of like <laughs> yeah. went with it you know um so let's yeah we'll 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 head in the direction of wrapping up. Yeah, we we were talked like a lot a
1: couple months away from both watching that movie and discussing it. <laughs> I
0: don't want to but I also do want to. So <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch it with you because I didn't get to watch it with you when it came That's out. That's right. It was just me we've, and Delaney. <laughs> we've both only seen it one time. Yes. And it'll be fun to be able to talk about it the entire time. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Um so we talked a lot about the sort of politics and themes of this movie. Mm-hmm. We talked about, at the very end of the first half, about how it's not very Star Wars for multiple reasons. This feels, once again, like it's not comedy forward, but it is definitely like a comedy drama, like a dramedy. Um, mm-hmm. Which always like pulls some stuff away from it, because Star Wars is an action, fun, sci-fi, right. fantasy adventure. F- like, w- adventure movies with some jokes, but not like on purpose joke, ju- or not, you right, know, on purpose like sometimes, a, but it's not like a yeah, this
1: type of comedy.
0: So, this feels so different. It's also like prestige TV, you know, and mm-hmm. like I don't think star- even The Mandalorian Versus is like popcorn that- movie, yeah. So, I feel like it's so different in so many of the ways. Like, it's almost the opposite of everything. Like, it's right. not a blockbuster movie, it's a prestige TV show. Uh-huh. It's not, you know, it's not a, a adventure movie. It's a relationship-driven TV show, right. you know, like it's sort of on yeah, the opposite end. Yeah, like the things end. it has
1: going is like there's a couple scenes where they're sneaking around and the music is good, <laughs> but even like the music, like was one of the first things we called into question of, um, not, not as it successfully, uh, like Executed atmospheric yeah. and executed, but yeah, yeah, man, I,
0: <laughs> I feel like it's going to be low for me. This might be one of the lower like narrative, yeah. Like screen, <laughs> yes. Moving image properties that we've right. done, you know. Like, for me, I
1: guess there are TV shows in Star Wars. Sure, but like they're sort of serial. Like you can kind of watch from any point, and this is like you need the previously on Mad Men.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it's gonna be low, especially for a TV show. Let's do a unit of measure then. I think I'm gonna do. Um, Just, like, humorous amount of drugs that those girls think they... <laughs> like, that was a truly funny part for me, too, And they're like, oh, she had drugs. And then they're yeah, just like, they both oh, we have, they s- have like
1: so much. I was like, this is <laughs> like funny. Hospitals were... Um, mine is going to be, like, just the fucking most expensive piece of jewelry you've ever heard of.
0: Oh, $75,000 bracelets? Yeah. You kidding me? Did that also, mean like,
1: each one was?
0: I think that was... Yes, I think it was weird because the way he said it at first made it sound like he bought them for seventy five thousand dollars. But then later it was said like they were a piece. Yeah, Um, also a bad plan to steal those bracelets, just a bad plan in general, because also I was like, do you know a fence? who can like sell that fucking bracelet (laughs) for you in a way that you can get the money. Because if it's worth $75,000 retail, you're not gonna get $75,000 for it. And unless you know someone uh who can fence that for you, when you go to a fucking pawn shop and sell that, like I don't care who it is, if it's $75,000 when the cops come and are like, Mm -hmm. we need that bracelet, if it's $75,000 at the pawn shop. I
1: think the strategy was probably like, this is a sure thing. And they will be gone only for this short window, uh, and then like you get it, you get them, and then you'll figure out ha- what to do with them.
0: Right, but even because even if the plan hadn't gone poorly, th- that's my question. I'm like, okay, yeah, like what was step two? <laughs> yeah, they, this is a, a very this woman runs what we are led to believe is like the equivalent of Google. Like Google, right? <laughs> and so she's incredibly wealthy and or influential. Or even like
1: Skype. Like I'm not
0: sure like yeah. what we're supposed to believe is the company You think but- you think that if 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 her bracelet is stolen and then that she's not going to like have like I don't know the fucking FBI or someone, some kind right, of watch right. out for like, hey, just keep an eye out for like when this pops up because it's going to be sold. No somewhere. signs of forced
1: entry. The code was known. <laughs> right, like they're gonna they're gonna figure
0: out who took it. Yeah, and you're not gonna be able to sell it. Easily at all right. like if it was a hundred I was like when he opened Even if the safe you were I was able
1: like, to sell it really
0: quickly to
1: your point the FBI would be like is there anyone like who recently quit their job and all of a Sudden seems to have a yeah, lot more money than they did yeah, like a day yeah, ago? That was that was working in the area and was there
0: <laughs> when he opened the safe. I was like just take the cash man There's like five hundred dollars right, right there. That's that'll you do something more with. useful to you, right? <laughs> like take that anyway, I'm gonna give it a to a bottles of drugs because yeah, it that's, just seems not that's Star Wars where I
1: am. Two of those expensive tennis bracelets where you could have just taken the cash.
0: Which is funny because we've given things that aren't TV shows or movies higher than that yeah, but whatever. Yeah, we've given
1: like marbles a two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, but, but, I don't know. I feel like three is reserved for something that is exactly this show, but there's like one more laser blast in it than this yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. You if know, this show like, had
0: any sci-fi element to it, it I'd has be like, no, yeah, sure.
1: no similarities.
0: <laughs> even if Other at than one point it has
1: music and it is on a screen.
0: <laughs> yeah, even if at one point they had had like a sort of like, oh, we have a fancy future-y tech, like. Uh, holographic display. Yeah, right. You know, I've been like, sure, okay, that's a three. I would say like Lady Gaga "Bad
1: Romance" video is, uh, if it is also a two, it is a higher two than this. Absolutely, it's like a two and a half to three range. And it's stay got, tu- like, sci-fi
0: outfits. <laughs> and stay tuned for we when we do a episode about the video specifically of uh-huh, that song. Uh-huh. Um, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do. You can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram and um, email us at a good podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, because this is a good podcast at
0: gmail.com. And go check out our Patreon. Yes. We have fun over there. Patreon.com slash How Star Wars Is It to join the Sweetie A bonus uh, half hour ish episode every week and a uh, commentary track for currently the Star Wars movies every month. So. Check it out. This month we did was Return of the... No, it was Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And that was a fun one. Yes. So check it yes out, it everybody.
1: Was. Uh, and I've got an Instagram, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, figure It's in the... You'll find it. It's in the show notes. <laughs> uh, Does anyone read the show notes? Hey, listeners, if you read the show notes, I want you to, like, send me a letter. Because... <laughs> I I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is asking a lot of people. A. Do you listen all the way to the end? B. Do you read the show notes? And C. Do you like have stamps?
0: (laughs) Yeah, do you have stamps? Because like I was like I don't know. Send me a message. but like on what? I don't know. If you follow me on Instagram, I guess. Um, Yeah, or email or or email the show. Email the show. Tell me if you read the show notes because I write those and sometimes I'm like, am I just like it's already like are we shouting into the void with this podcast anyway? (laughs) And then when I write the show notes for the podcast, I'm like, well, who's this for? (laughs) Right. <laughs> Mostly me, I guess. Anyway, that's it.
1: <laughs> bye. Like we always say, <laughs> well, we, we love, love you. you. And, and may, may the, the fourth, fourth be, be with you. you.
0: Bye bye. Au
1: revoir! Au revoir! Au
0: <laughs> revoir! A feeder saying goodbye. Scooty lootie dootie doo. Scootie lootie doo. The sun (laughs) has gone. (laughs) Just so slowly going down the stairs. Uh I like how this is not related to anything we talked about before. (laughs) We just like all of a sudden started doing this.